0: Hello and welcome to the state of the Nova Nation. In case you forgot, I'm Eugene Repay. He's Chris Stanzial. Chris, we were getting a little too comfortable there on our holiday hiatus. almost forgot, woke up today, and I was like, wait a second, it's Tuesday. We gotta put the show together.
1: I know, kind of forgot I had to, uh, we had to uh, do a show today. (laughs) Completely forgot about that. And we were saying like, oh, you know, it's New Year's, so we might only have to do one episode last week or so. But then it ended up not doing any because we were still recovering from New Year's. Yeah, we're recovering from Christmas Day, and then it was New Year's. I know you went away a little bit too. How was your trip? Oh, it was great. The Al family decided to do a road trip out across the Midwest and stop in the two greatest cities in the United States of America, in Cleveland and Detroit. Now, you might be wondering what we might be doing out there. Well, we decided to stop over in Cleveland because we wanted to go see the Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio, which is about an hour away, so we did that. And then in Detroit, we saw the Packers squeak out a big-time victory against the Detroit Lions at Fort Field on that Sunday, and then we drove back Monday. So, you know, overall, great trip, I must say. Say what you will about the cities, and they all have their notorious claims or whatever, and that's they might be right, but I had a good time, I must say.
0: Yeah, for those who don't know, Chris and his family are diehard Packer fans. They have taken their love to New Jersey, and even though they are states away, they still make the pilgrimage once in a while. Probably at least once a year, I'd say, right?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. I saw two Packers games this year. One's Meadowlands Stadium, uh, for MetLife Stadium, sorry, uh, because the Giants, uh, the Packers were in town against the Giants. And then we decided to visit Fort Field cause we just hadn't been there. So yeah, good time. And Hey, if things had broken the Eagles way, if Carson Wentz doesn't get plowed into the ground, Packers might've been face- facing the Eagles this week. And that would have been a real interesting game. Also, since we're kind of talking about it, just want to issue an apology to all Eagles fans out there for my notorious acts when the Eagles were going on their Super Bowl run. I, I want to apologize for that. That I was a real D-bag, and we were kind of doing a good cop, bad cop. Went over the board with the bad cop thing. Uh, I- I'm completely sorry for that. Just wanted to say that real quick while we're at it. Chris, that was a couple years ago. I, th- I think people forgot about it. That's okay. Well,
0: anyways, the holidays were good. You got what you wanted for Christmas? I did. Santa treated me well. What about you, Eugene? I had everything good you. Santa said you're too old. And then Santa even went ahead and stopped all the relatives from giving anything. (laughs) What? Wait. So
1: did you just not get anything? You just woke up and that was it? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Oh, oh God. Eugene, Eugene, that makes me sad.
0: Oh, it's okay. It's okay. I guess it's part of adulthood. I guess Santa is just like, that's it for you. Time to cut you off.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I grew the list. Yeah, I grew the nice list, Eugene.
0: Yeah, I had to graduate now Santa comes in April when your tax returns come back. <laughs>
1: that's, the, that's your gift. Hey, that's a pretty good gift. We hope
0: everyone had a good New Year's, good Christmas, restful holiday season, got what you wanted, working on those New Year's resolutions. We got a couple games to talk about while we were away. Villanova started Big East play. First, they took on the Xavier Musketeers. Then after that, they played the Marquette Golden Eagles. First, against The Musketeers, they won 68-62, to closing out 2019 and opening Big East play with a win. Villanova had a huge game from Colin Gillespie, who had 24 points, 5 assists. And then you had Jermaine Samuels adding 14 points, 8 boards. Justin Moore coming off the bench with 13 points. Then on the Xavier side, it was one of those things where it looked like Villanova was just going to pummel Xavier again at home. I think I wrote in my preview that going in, Since conference realignment, Villanova has destroyed Xavier at the Pavilion or at the Wells Fargo Center, basically in the state of Pennsylvania, by an average of 21 points for the last six meetings at home. This one was a lot closer than expected, but it didn't seem like that because Nova had that huge first half. But then the Musketeers coming back hard, coming back strong in the second half with Najee Marshall leading the way with 19 points. Paul Scruggs added 12 points and six assists. And then you had Tyreek Jones adding a double-double with 12 points, 10 boards. Solid win for Nova. Always great to start off Biggie's play with a win. And, of course, close out the decade, close out the year with a dub. After that, they played Marquette. Went on the road to the Pfizer Forum on Saturday. They came up short, 71-60. Nova had an ugly first half. It was a much better second half. But, unfortunately, the deficit was just too big for the Wildcats to overcome. Cole Swider led the Cats with 14 points and five boards. Jermaine Samuels added 10 points. And then you had Justin Moore adding 14 points and six rebounds off the bench, albeit an inefficient 6 of 16 on the floor. And then on the Marquette side, I would have never guessed that Marcus Howard would kill us from the free-throw line instead of the three-point line. But the pint-sized guard had 29 points, 12 of 12, perfect shooting from the free-throw line along with eight boards. I don't know if Marcus Howard has ever grabbed that many boards in his life. Seemed pretty high for him. And then Kobe McEwen, one of Marquette's newest players, coming in from Utah State. He had a huge game against the Cats with 22 points. Chris, we got to see a Nova win. We got to see a Nova loss. What do you take away from this first opening week of Big East basketball for the Cats?
1: (sighs) Take away, a lot of things. I'll start with a positive, though, and I will say the defensive effort across both games was overall good. Me against Xavier, I think it's what won them the game. They held Xavier one of eleven from beyond the arc. Now I know Xavier is a horrific three-point shooting team, but to that number alone is still really freaking good. No matter who you're playing, that's pretty impressive. It's a great defense. It takes a great defensive effort to start uh, to cause that, and it also, you know, a little bit of luck too. Xavier. I think their only made three was like, what, the last two, three minutes of the game? It was during that crazy push where Xavier was trying to claw back into it and Villanova had a big lead. And of course, they just had to get it to six because, you know, the spread was six and just never can ever be easy with the gambling. But I digress. And then you go out to Marquette and you get blitzed in the first half. It was an absolutely brutal performance in the first half. Everyone looked lost and Marquette was hitting everything. But then you turn it around in the second half You only allow 25 points after allowing 46 in the first half. You even caused Marquette to go on a drought of what? It was like seven minutes in the middle of the second half. And granted, Villanova's office didn't take that much advantage of it. And I think they scored four or five points during that stretch. And if they wanted to win this game, they were going to have to take advantage of that stretch. But the fact that they were able to lock down a highly powered offense like Marquette and yes, Marcus Howard made his living off the free throw line, but. On the field, he was non existent. So I have to say, overall, the defensive effort was great. Posh is going to say great. It was good just because of the first half against Marquette was that bad. But a little bit disappointing on the offensive end. Would have liked to have seen a little bit better performances across the board from everyone. If you want to get nitpicky, like. It, it just was just very inefficient everywhere. I know you mentioned Justin Moore's stat line against Marquette. I think that was the perfect epitome of it. Curry dropped 14, but six of six from the field, three, two of nine from the, beyond the arc. Not good. Uh, so I would have liked to have seen better offensive effort, but a good defensive effort overall. And it's just apparent that this team is going to keep struggling on the road. But we'll talk about that later. What do you, What do you have to say about
0: this? The defense was definitely improved. I thought that we talked about how in the Kansas game they just magically turned a corner. And what we needed to see was for them to continue that intensity going against a team like Xavier. And then especially against Marquette. It did look really good against the Musketeers, especially in that first half when Nova went on a huge run to gain some separation. And then from there they just never really gave up the lead. Yeah, Xavier had that late push, but the, the game wasn't really in jeopardy. As for the Marquette game. That first half was rough. That was a, that was a tough first half. Mm-hmm. Guys were missing assignments. I know that Sadiq Bey was in foul trouble early. Dare I say, can we blame the refs? Can we talk no. about rigging, home cooking? <laughs> Let's look at this free throw disparity here. Let's look at this. Let's look at it. Let's Eugene, look at it. Nova, th- five free throws. Marquette, 30.
1: Ooh. <laughs> well, why do you think that is, Eugene? You're a very knowledgeable basketball guy. Why do you think? There, there is outside of the the ref argument. Why do you think there's such a huge
0: disparity? If you shoot them up, sometimes you got to sleep in the streets. And they were sleeping from deep, 9 of
1: 38. Yeah. And you're not getting to the basket that much. Therefore, no opportunity to cause any fouls. But, yes,
0: yes. And you did point out how the defense did improve in the second half. I definitely want to highlight that because that was huge. Not big enough where Nova, you know, obviously Nova couldn't capitalize but Marquette only shot five of 27 overall in the second half, two of 12 from deep. We're looking at sub 20% on the floor. That's an excellent job. Unfortunately, Marquette made its living off the free throw line. And of course you had that big deficit to overcome. So it was rough, but like you said, they did force a drought. Marquette didn't score for the last almost six minutes. So, it it was solid, like it was better that that first half. Obviously, I'm not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna sugarcoat so there. There's nothing <laughs> that was just that was <laughs> ugly. Uh, once Sadiq Bay got into foul trouble, it was just like wow, wow. Once a yeah. couple of guys, honestly, we we had to go deep in the bench. It felt like, or no, I wouldn't say deep, but more deep than in games past.
1: For sure, and and honestly, like you can make the argument that City Bay getting in those two fouls like real quick, and then he got his third like halfway through the first, that throws off the whole game plan. Like because now you're digging, you're giving minutes to guys who maybe aren't weren't I don't know, maybe not as ready to match up against some of these guys. I don't know in, into the x's and o's of that, but I I would think it would throw off the defensive game plan for sure.
0: Oh, it definitely did, especially when we had Bay guarding Marcus Howard for you know a lot of it. And then, mm-hmm. obviously, once he picks up the fouls, you can't play a guy with three fouls in the first half, so you had to go into your reserves. But there were lots of guys in foul trouble. You had Swider, Bay, and Antoine. They finished the game with four fouls each. Colin Gillespie fouled out in the second half. So, four different guys. And you look at it, Gillespie, Swider, Bay, that's three starters. That's not not easy, especially when Marquette's able to live and do basically whatever it wanted. I will say it was tough to see Nova trying to get charges on Marcus Howard. You're not going to get it. They're just not going to blow the whistle on a guy who's 5'10", 5'11", 160 pounds or whatever he weighs. You're just, you're just not going to get that call. No, no.
1: did we have that problem last year too? There was some like crazy play. I feel like that it was like, oh, of course they're calling it on us because Marcus Howard goes down like a like yeah. a flat feather every time he gets touched.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like Sadiq Bay posting him up and then Marcus Howard yeah. fell as if he just got like hit by a truck. <laughs> We've seen Nova now win at home. Obviously, it's only two conference games, but if you look across the Big East, it's been mostly wins at home. You know, it's, it hasn't been easy to get road wins so far. The only road wins were Providence by one at the Paul. And then on New Year's Eve, Butler surviving at Karnaseka Arena, holding on for dear life, honestly, after building like a 20-point lead against the Johnnies for a two-point victory. So even while those two teams were able to win, not only has it been rare to get a road win, it hasn't been easy with these two teams just barely squeezing by. Do you think that this is something that we're going to see in the, in Biggie's play moving forward? Is this the year where we can finally officially say, you know, we talked about in years past how it's not easy to win on the road, but this year might be a true true picture of all that.
1: Yeah, at least the early returns are certain uh, about the home teams are just they're just going to break up and and Biggie's play it's just very apparent right now, but with regards to Villanova i believe it's going to be really really hard to win on the road this year i don't know what it is the true road test so far have against like high power team and i'm not saying marquette's anywhere near the level of ohio state but it, in terms of environment it's pretty much the same if not tougher in marquette but you got to put up better performances than this and chalk it up to it being a young team or whatever but it, at some point you, that can't be the excuse anymore you got to start executing like JRE goes one of five from the field, 0 for three from deep. And sure, he grabbed 11 rebounds, and that's all well and good. But you got to start contributing on the offensive end. I'm, I'm, you, you need multiple contributors. And sure, the team as a whole is pretty bad. But it seems like these performances happen more against, on the road so far. I, I feel like JRE kind of had a similar stat line against Ohio State. So say what you will about how good this team is at home but like on the road it's a complete different animal and sure it's going to be i think it's going to be a theme across the big east this year like marquette just got whipped on the road against creighton and then they come they come home and they look like world beaters against number 10 villanova so i don't know i i I really don't know what it is Uh, i wish i could put my finger on it but i'm glad that finally uh, something i said is coming true that winning on the road is damn near impossible sometimes Uh, and it's just such a huge neutralizer when it comes to a talent disparity like you have with Villanova and Marquette.
0: Yeah you have been a huge proponent of the Pfizer Forum home court advantage and how raucous the environment get and how difficult it is to play there. Nova has obviously had its losses but it's also squeezed out some on the road there. Those Milwaukee people They know how to get up for their team. And especially those Marquette fans, they especially rep for their team. I will say, though, I think you still can use the youth. I don't really think it's an excuse at this point. I think it's just the fact of the reality of the situation. I remember Mm -hmm. during our Big East preview show, we said that, wow, this was definitely going to be a game to watch for, a game that will test them, because this is the second Big East game of the year. It's on the road. Coming after the holidays, this will be you know, that welcome to the Big East moment. I know you definitely said that they were going to lose on the road. Uh, Nova was going to lose on the road. I think I did too. Can't quite remember. We're going to have to pull out the tapes here. But uh, regardless of what our predictions were, we said that this was going to be a tough game. Definitely seemed to be like that. I'm happy that Villanova was able to improve on the defensive end in the second half. You know, Obviously, progress is nice. Improvements are nice. It shows that you can could make some changes. But ultimately, that first half was just too ugly. It was just, you couldn't have that and expect to come out with a win in the second half, you know?
1: No, for sure. It was too big of a hole for them to dig themselves out of. And yes, you are right. That I guess I kind of said it wrong. The way everyone kind of makes it sound right now is that the team is young. So they're giving it more of a pass, I feel like, that they can lose on the road. When in reality, I think you're right, though. It is, it, that is the fact of the matter is they're young and it's going to take an adjustment period now if we're doing this in March um uh that's a problem that Seton Hall and Georgetown games at the end I think that might be like the ones where you're looking at and, like all right like if they're still dropping duds in the first half against you know a pretty good team like Seton Hall like this this is the problem but I mean just but again like it, They've got to grow up as eventually, look, you got the perfect opportunity Tuesday night against Creighton at Creighton. That's a raucous environment. All, all biggies places pretty much outside of like the ball are raucous, but Creighton on the road, you'll have a perfect test to get right back at it. And let's see if maybe back-to-back road games changes anything. Because th- if you think about it, they really hadn't been on the road since at St. Joe's. And we all know St. Joe's isn't that great. And it's right down the road. So they really only paid Two games away from p- outside the state of Pennsylvania that wasn't a neutral site. So I, I just don't know anymore. It, it, every road game now is just a complete fear. And I was fearing road games with the 17 18 team. Now with this team, I'm, I'm just terrified.
0: Yo, don't diss the DePaul home court advantage, man.
1: Yo, I watched all right, that DePaul St. Paul game. I heard um, them
0: chanting defense. I heard them chanting defense. I heard it on my TV. They were getting <laughs> up there. Ponto Sidious <laughs> leading the way off the bench.
1: Hey, that's fine. Look, look, I'm all for DePaul doing well. We we've discussed this ad nauseum. We were all for Paul doing well. I'm not trying to diss them. No, no, so, no, I know, I know, I know,
0: I know. But uh, yeah, no, the the road. I I feel like every year we say it, it's like this is the year where it's gonna be tough, this and that. But I feel like mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna say it again. This is actually gonna be the year. We said it all the other times at Villanova, even though while it wasn't easy. Uh, and sometimes we take that for granted, but they did steamroll the competition. Even though they did steamroll the competition, you know, have that streak of regular season titles, it wasn't easy. This year, more so than years past, we might even say this again next year, it's not going to be easy. Two games so far. We got a big one coming up tonight against Creighton. Obviously, like you said, it's not easy to play at the CHI Health Center. Creighton loves get up there for us. I'm not too worried about this team. You know, I, I think that that Kansas game was a huge turning point. I think that the young team needed a win like that under their belts. Yes, they lost against Marquette, but the defense has honestly been night and day. I don't know what happened these the last couple of weeks versus the two months beforehand, completely different on that end of the court. And while there are some things that we can nitpick and dive into and focus on a little bit more specifically, I think overall, the product is starting to get better. It's starting to shape up and turn itself around. You have guys like Colin Gillespie stepping up, continuing to redefine what his ceiling is and what kind of player he can be. Jeremiah Robinson Earl, obviously, yes, he's had his freshman moments, but he's also had many, many good moments. Justin Moore, he's looking like a great scorer off the bench. Sometimes, he should probably create a little bit more, you know, look to pass. You don't have to shoot just because the ball's in your hand. And I think we saw in the Marquette game where he tried to do a little bit too much, but I like the fearlessness. I like his toughness. I like what I'm seeing from him. Jermaine Samuels doing a little bit of everything. Overall, I think the product is is getting better. It's definitely improved from what we saw against Army and Ohio State.
1: You're not concerned about the offense at all because I was going to bring that up. I'm thinking the offense might have hit a little bit of an inefficient
0: period right now.
1: If you look across the last three games, it's not looking too hot.
0: I would say the three-point shooting hasn't been too hot. But overall, I would say the offense That's has been me. pretty good. We're still top 10 on Ken Palm. But yeah, no. I know. I know, I, I, I sleeping, We're sleeping point. a little bit. We're sleeping a little bit from beyond
1: the arc. Right. Which concerns me a bit because they... It's, well, not concerns me. I don't know. It, it's weird because... They weren't doing the whole lot of three things until the Kansas game, I feel like. I, I, at least it hadn't been picked up until the Kansas game. Now the past, Kansas game, Xavier game, Marquette game, it's like... Bombs mid, away? It's green light.
0: Yeah, yeah, bombs away,
1: yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe they switched that up. But uh, maybe, or maybe that's just the game plan they're going to roll with for the rest of year. We'll see. But, I, I wonder what, what was the change in, in philosophy there. I don't know. The offense seemed to be working pretty fine before that.
0: Yeah, the offense was definitely working fine before that. But, yeah, no, we are seeing a lot more threes over these last three games, a lot more than we've seen in the first couple of months. So certainly going to keep an eye out for that because it's starting to look like Jay Wright is giving them the green light, at least, you know, based on the attempts here. Mm
1: -hmm. Do you like that? Yes and no, because they've won two of the three games. <laughs> <it. laughs> they beat Kansas, Kansas? yeah, yeah. But it's that was because of the defense. So I, I, I don't know. Maybe it has something to do. I, I really don't. I don't know if it has something to do with the offensive defensive transition. I, I really can't decipher it. But you don't really have that great of like three point shooters. I don't know if that's a little too risky to say, but. It's so definitely different shoot.
0: from 2018, 2016, 2017 like those guys yeah. were snipers.
1: Right, exactly. These guys they can shoot for sure, but it's not gonna... as high of a clip. Correct. And that's what concerns me because these numbers are scary. <laughs> like the 3 point numbers are scary. But I don't know. Maybe I think the X factor with the whole 3 point shooting thing is Colin because if he can get going they're. I think they'll be perfectly fine from beyond the arc. And slider too. Can't forget and, him. Well, no, I take him as a gift. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, he's he's got that status now. <laughs> but, yes, obviously. Um, I know he put up an O for for Xavier, but I, I think his first half performance against Marquette redeemed himself. Then he kind of let himself down in the second half, but that's you know, that's that's okay. That's okay. I I just, I don't know, just because Colin plays more and is more of a focal point on the offense right now. I I feel that if he can get going from three, I I think they'll be perfectly fine. And I think things will open up more, but that That's just me. I, I like it because they're winning with it, but at the same time, I can definitely come back and bite them in the butt, especially if they have a cold day. They're just like they did against Marquette, but I think that's just the point. That's that's shooting threes. If you're cold, you're not going to win.
0: And Jay Wright has admitted in other interviews and stuff this season where he said, this is a different type of team. It's not like 2018 where they can just kind of launch, but it seems like he's giving his guys the green light here, which I don't think it's too bad. Like Obviously, yes, when they make it, it's fun. And when they don't make it, we're going to easily point fingers and blame the three-point line and this and that. But at the same time, you need to get this young team to have the confidence to shoot it from deep. To do that against Kansas, like, yes, the shooting percentage wasn't great, but how how many of those timely clutch shots from, like, in the second half were from deep? Like, we needed those. And then Xavier, it wasn't great, but... You know, when you had a big lead, I didn't mind them launching it a little bit, especially when the looks have been open. The looks, for the most part, have been pretty good. So that's why I haven't been too concerned with them. I I would like to think that they would – yeah, I would like to think that they would convert at a better percentage. But then we also have to remember, you know, this isn't – well, we don't know what their future is going to be like, but, you know, 2018 obviously had four NBA players. And then,
1: yeah. (laughs) <laughs>
0: yeah, as a whole. You know, Jay Wright's coach, and he's coach of the decade. So, like, we can question things, but, like, at the end of the day, you know, it's coach of the decade versus some guy on a microphone.
1: Right, exactly. We will question things, though. It's inevitable.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> of course. Um, but shout definitely. out to Jay
0: Wright, though, coach of the decade. At least the AP got it right. They know what they're talking about.
1: Y- yes, they do. They certainly
0: do. So, Chris, we got. Huge game. You know, we're going to have to put these two behind us and because we got a huge road test coming up in less than 24 hours. Probably about less than 15 hours, more accurately. Probably 12. Oh, whatever. Less than a day. You get the point. It's tonight. They're going to go on the road to Omaha. Got to love the Crane Blue Jays. This was a team that I said in the beginning of the year was being slept on in the Big East preseason poll. I don't remember what it was, 7th or 8th, but I just remember it being criminally underrated. So far, they've beaten Marquette. They've looked pretty good when they slapped around those Golden Eagles. Now, I remember uh, texting you, and I was like, wow, Crane just beat Marquette. So does that mean we're going to crush Marquette? Obviously, it didn't work out like that. Now, this can either go one of two ways. Creighton is obviously this great power, or it's a game of rock, paper, scissors, and it just seems like we're going to beat each other. Chris, what's the deal with this Creighton team? What is the rundown? This Give me the skinny on them. What can we expect from these Blue Jays?
1: Sure. I'll give you a little brief preview here. I like the Rock, Paper, Scissors thing, though. Marquette beats Villanova. Villanova beats Creighton. Creighton beats uh, Marquette. That'd be nice. Would appreciate that. So as a team, pretty good. Overall in their season so far, their premier win is against Texas Tech. The runners-up from last year in overtime on a neutral site. So props to them for beating an almost national champion. They have played Michigan and own, lost to them by 10. They did play San Diego State and got absolutely waxed by them, 83-52. to 52. And I know San Diego State's getting some uh, publicity now because they've really shut up the rankings lately. Uh, some other key wins, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Arizona State, and as you mentioned, Marquette. And they are just coming off a Saturday loss to Butler. So individually for the Blue Jays, it's a big 3-4 slash four, depending on how you view it. Uh, we'll start with the, the top scorer, Marcus Zagorowski, 18.1 points, four rebounds, 4.7 assists, shooting over 51% from the field as a guard, and shooting almost 40% from beyond the arc. Philip going to win. They're going to make sure he's contained, or at least somehow, somehow, someway contain this man. Then you have the probably most famous Creighton player right now, in my opinion. Uh, Tyshawn Alexander, 16.4 points per game, grabbing about six uh, six points per game as a guard. Shooting 42% from beyond the arc. We mentioned him a bunch of times last year. I know he killed Villanova last year, so watch out for him. Also got Mitch Ballack, another guard. He's, I believe the residence sharpshooter, about 45% from beyond the arc, 46% from the field. He's always been a thorn in Villanova's side, I feel like, in the few times they've played. He's always in the corner just awaiting to hit a dagger three, and he's more times than not has hit it. And then the other guy I want to kind of highlight is Denzel Mahoney. He's only played in five games so far, scoring just a little bit under 11 points per game, but he's a transfer from southeastern Missouri. He's just getting acclimated to the team right now. I think he was just eligible to play starting in November, so watch out for him as well. Not exactly the best percentage-wise shooting, 35% from the field, 21% from beyond the arc, and only less than 70% from the free throw line. But he's putting up numbers right now, and it might prove to be volume more than efficiency, but I I would keep an eye out for him. It seems to be that he's being featured a little bit right now and worked back into the offense or worked back into the team as a transfer.
0: Yeah, Marcus Zagorowski, big, big, big fan of him. He was a guy last year when he was a freshman. I totally bought 10,000 shares of stock on him because I thought he was going to be great. I didn't expect him to be the leading scorer, at least this point of the season. I thought that that would be Tyshawn Alexander, who obviously is a scoring machine and just such an athletic guard. But Zagorowski, that guy can shoot. It was definitely evident last year. Was interested to see how he would make that sophomore jump this year. And definitely, he's definitely, definitely made it. Seeing that he's their leading scorer at the moment. This Creighton team, we know the deal. It's always the same thing every year. Just always a little different. The names change, but everything stays the same. All about the offense, run and gun, fast tempo, lots of shooters, athletic guards who will do the damage. Tyshawn Alexander, he gave Nova some fits. Marcus Zagorowski can shoot. Mitch Ballack, I'm surprised he's still there. I feel like he's been there since like Doug McDermott years. I don't know if that's just me, but that's the feeling I have with Mitch Ballack.
1: Wait, what year is he? Can we look this up? Uh, Mitch Ballack, I believe he's a junior. Wow. Wasn't he? Uh, yeah, he's been, he's been around for a for while. Yeah, I feel like he's been there forever. Huh. Guess, it's, guess not.
0: Guess it's just one of those things.
1: Yeah, he's a junior. He started all 35 games last year. And his uh, three-point percentage has gone up every year. So he will probably hit a big one in this game, if it were to be close. Just watch out. Just cover the corner. I know he sits there.
0: Just, oh, just yeah. watch him. It's, it's great. <laughs> everyone everyone sits on the corner.
1: <laughs> true, true. I'm trying not to relive the years, but here we are yet again. Yes.
0: And I will say, while – We've talked about how this team is run and gun. This year, they've actually improved on the defensive end, at least more so than in years past. They've been holding opponents to shooting just under 31% from deep. Now, obviously, Nova's been struggling percentage-wise there, but this is a huge improvement for a Creighton team because before it was just all offense, 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 offense. The best defense is more offense. The best defensive play is more three-pointers. This year, they're actually paying attention to that side of the ball a little bit more so than in recent memory. They, they are going to run a lot, and there's going to be a lot of fireworks, expect a lot of fireworks with two high-powered Ken Palm offenses, but also keep in mind that this was actually a, a tight game last year at the CHI Health Center until Phil Booth just put the team on his back and carried everybody home. Obviously, Phil Booth is not here anymore. This was a young Creighton squad that has returned virtually almost everybody back from that squad last year. So this is a team that I was definitely very, very impressed with going into the year. They've certainly lived up to my expectations, at least, coming in at 12-3. and This will be a huge opportunity for them. If they beat Nova, this will probably be their biggest win of the year up to this point. Or, you know, looking at the rest of the games, they do have another crack at Butler later in the year. But right now, this is looking like this is a big one for Creighton. And the fans are definitely going to come out. I don't remember what I said earlier in the year, but I just hope that yeah. Nova doesn't drop to one and two. I just hope they don't drop to one and two in Biggie's play. That's all
1: I got to say. <laughs> um, I, I, I forgot what you said, and I, I even forgot what I said. I think Cray might have been the one I gave them on the road where it was kind of like a where an opponent I could see them losing to on the road. I think they win. I think they regroup. I think they learned from the Marquette game and they correct the mistakes, and I think they go out there and they, they perform really well. I think it's the best performance of the season today. How about that? Wow. Offensively and defensively. A complete game, you're saying? I'm saying a complete game from Villanova.
0: Full 40 minutes attitude, Villanova
1: basketball. Mm-hmm. Throughout all the cliches, I, I, I think it all comes to head. I think this is the one that they might put it together.
0: This is going to be the one where my eyes are definitely going to be on the defensive effort here because there's a lot of different guys who can score and shoot lots of yeah. athleticism here. So we're going to really see how this defense is progressing. I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping Nova wins.
1: Yeah.
0: They, is, they, they should, right? I mean, they should, right?
1: They they should. What does Ken Pom have to say? Because looking at the numbers, it, if they're right next to each other in terms of ranking I, Creighton's got the 16th best offense, 90th best defense. Meanwhile, Villanova's got the 10th best offense, 85th best defense. So,
0: Sir Pomeroy has the Blue Jays winning by three. Ooh, 42%
1: wow,
0: chance for Nova to win. So it's it's pretty close. It's close. Yeah,
1: but obviously the difference maker in that is the home court advantage. So, uh, yeah, I, I still think they win. I still think they win. I believe, and I, it sounds like you are too.
0: Yeah, I hope I hope they win because they they're, they're going to need that they're going to need this confidence here. They can't drop two in a row. Please. Please for the love right. of God, no.
1: I know. It, that would be bad. We we might be panic button time. Might be breaking out. No, no no, 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 no. No panic button. Okay. No, no, no. We might need an Aaron Rodgers relax moment if they were to lose Tuesday or tonight. I would feel sad
0: if they just got obliterated tonight. Like oh, yeah. they look lost yeah. and they lost, but mm-hmm. No, I don't think that's going to happen. I think that I do expect this to be a close one. I think Ken Palm has it right in that it will be a close one, but I, I'm I'm going to pick Nova to win here. Big performance from Sadiq Bay. I'm feeling a big bounce back game. Feel like he's going to be able to show what he can do after being chained, chained to the bench with foul trouble, <laughs> handcuffed.
1: Wow. Uh yeah, he really got screwed in that Marquette game. Uh, I'm going to go with Colin as the difference maker here. I think he's going to hit some big threes. I think he's going to catch fire. He's always good for one one game every so often, like really good game every so often. I, I believe this is the one.
0: For those who can't make it out to Omaha, the game will tip off tonight at 9 p.m. A little bit of a late one on Fox Sports 1. I'll definitely be tuning in.
1: Chris, will you be tuning in? Of course you do. The late start, but you know, that's that's fine. Anything for the cats,
0: yeah. Late, late is probably better, honestly, because then that, that just gives us more opportunity to watch it. We're definitely gonna be at home. It's like, no excuses, you know, 9 p.m. We're, right. What are you doing? What are you doing 9 p.m. on a Tuesday? You're gonna be at home um, watching,
1: <laughs> right? Might pass out in the first half, but hey, you know, I'll, I'll it'll be on <laughs> the TV, will be on to that channel.
0: Well, it's our time of the day where we stop what we're doing, pop on the mailbag, and answer the questions that you, the listeners, have out there for us. As always, you can tweet us at S-O-N-N pod with your question, and we'll discuss it on the show. Chris, we got a couple here. Oh, actually, a few in here. Oh, yeah, we got a bunch here. People missed us. Cool. All right, we got first, we got a couple here from Brendan Riley. If everyone, all caps, everyone returns next year and stays healthy, what's their ceiling in terms of all-time Nova teams? I'm putting it above 2016 and below 2018. Oh, Brennan, getting me excited on a Tuesday, Tuesday morning. I've said this for the longest time. I I, I know, obviously, it's not going to be an easy scenario for that to happen. That means no one leaves and everyone stays and then whatever incoming guys they have, Caleb Daniels included, can play. I don't know what the rotation is going to look like. I would also assume that no one leaves, which... I don't know what how the pro prospects are going to look for certain guys towards the end of the year, but I think that sounds about right to me. In terms of skill, obviously the twenty sixteen team that's like all love, like that's like that's like the feel good story. In terms of actual basketball talent, I would put them below twenty eighteen and above twenty sixteen. Do you agree, Brendan, or would you place them elsewhere?
1: See, I I I, I do. It's just, it's just so hard to predict from from here on out. Like in terms of talent, it's definitely going to be up there, and it's just a matter of getting it all to kind of mesh together, and that's the coach's problem. But it's a good problem. It's a great problem to
0: have. It's a great problem to have if you're a coach.
1: Oh, for sure. It's kind of like, uh, kind of like the Yankees this year when they were all hurt, and then they came back, and they're like, "Oh, what do we do now with the replacements playing at like Hall of Fame level, Hall of Famer levels, and then get these great." baseball players coming back off the injured list um and it's just so much talent you just don't know what to do with it but yeah i, I look next year is going to be really exciting uh if if this were to happen i i just i, I it's just so hard to predict from, zero from far this far out but i i would agree with that, and i would probably put it right in the middle but uh if if they were i, I would say if they were to hit on all cylinders it might come close to the 2018 team. I'm not saying it's going to surpass it, but it's going to come close.
0: Is it better than 2011?
1: Uh significantly. <laughs> 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 they can take the B squad from next year's team and they could be Our guess is, yeah, I guess
0: it's specified 2011 2012
1: squad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they they would uh they would beat them pretty handily. But that's next year. That's next year. Let's I Always excited for what the future has in store, but it's got a game tonight. Come on, come on, guys. Come on.
0: All right. So Brendan also wants to stay on the hypothetical highway here, and he added one more question, which I'm a huge fan of because you definitely know how I would answer this. Would junior year Ryan Archie Diacono, junior year Ryan Archie Diacono, start on the 2018 team? If so, who's coming off the bench? If not, does he beat out DiVincenzo for sixth man?
1: Okay, okay. We 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 got. Let's do this together. Let's do this exercise together because I want to go through this with you. Because oh, piece by piece by piece. Piece by piece. Okay. Who was the starting lineup
0: in 2018? It was Brunson, Bridges, Booth, Smari, and Pascal. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He does not start over anybody. Maybe, maybe Phil. Maybe Phil. Oh, good point there. I actually, I actually was gonna like
0: quickly say, nope, he's going on the bench, and then I was like, oh wait, Phil Booth,
1: maybe, maybe Phil, maybe. It's it's very it, that's a tough call. If knowing Jay Wright, <laughs> <laughs> no, knowing Jay team, Wright, he's
0: the he's the best player on that whole lineup. Yeah, yeah,
1: for sure. Forty minutes a night, Brunson. You, you don't bring up the ball. You don't touch it all.
0: Um. But if you were a coach,
1: <laughs> would junior year Ryan R T
0: Diakono, not senior oh, year? I was, senior, if I was senior coach, year. Ryan R T Diakono is when he finally got on my good side.
1: I'd give him the six man over Dante, though, if I was coach. But that's because I hated Dante for like <laughs> three months of the year. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'd say he's sixth man, but then I bet you Dante probably overpasses him at some point. But I'd say I'd say the starting five stays the same. What about you? Uh,
0: see, if Jay Wright was the one in charge, I think he would put Booth on the bench. But if I'm in charge, Booth is staying on there. Arch off the bench. Six-man contest between him and Dante. Maybe he gets it just because of experience.
1: But I think the point of the matter is, to answer Brendan's question, Arch is not starting. <laughs> in our hypothetical coaching world, is not starting. If it's senior year, Ryan Archie Diacono, Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe, maybe, maybe. And maybe. if you could channel the, the NCAA tournament run across the whole season, then yeah, maybe.
0: Now, <laughs> if it was, who would you want in the last two minutes of a game? Arch is on the floor. <laughs> you can't like as much as like I was annoyed with Arch from freshman to junior year. Mm-hmm. I could not deny his clutch his clutchness. That is true. The guy it's... could go like one for ten, but then go three for three in the final minute and help you win a game.
1: That's for sure. Remember we used to call him the Tim Tebow of college basketball for a while. <laughs> <laughs> that's that. But Hey, national championship game though. Who do you start? Phil or arch? Cause Phil obviously had the 20 points in 2016 as uh, everybody lets you know. Yeah, but he did it off the bench. Ah, so that's even more of an incentive to start arch. Yes. Hmm. Wow, well, that's amazing.
0: <laughs> Just rough for Phil though, because you know, honestly, like I would not. If you look at that starting five, like unless you want to drive out like four guards, and then maybe you sit Pascal, but that's that's insane. No, that's no, insane. That,
1: no. Now you you play with uh, play with that. that that starting five was uh, really freaking good. No, no need to mess with it. Yeah, that that's
0: oh. starting five post February post the random February loss it always gets was really good. It was good the whole sure. year, but then they took it up to like a whole like hyper drive after that. For sure. No,
1: they definitely did.
0: Good questions though. Good question for Brandon. I always like going taking a trip on the
1: hypothetical highway. Well, as do I. I. Remember when we did the, like the hypothetical team versus team thing. That was cool. We yeah.
0: A- yeah. Dig out that site again. I want to play with that. I forgot what it was called. But it was like you could, you could literally go through history and put together like from any sport, honestly, like NHL, NFL, NBA, college basketball, like whatever sport you wanted. And you wanted to see scientific based on numbers and this and that. Well, how would the 2016 team do against 2018? You could theoretically put that together. You could make it happen. They'll, they'll even print out a full box score for you.
1: <laughs> yeah, they do. And you don't even need NCAA basketball 10 to run the simulation. It's great. That's great.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Next question is from John Palm. How many wins will it take to capture the Big East regular season crown? Going to go mm-hmm. on a limb here and say uh, 13. Lucky number yeah. 13.
1: Yeah, I was thinking the same realm too. That's what it took last year, and that was a split. And even though Villanova kind of won it because Marquette just didn't want to have any part of it. But, yeah, I'd say at least 13, 14 might have to do it for Allen.
0: Yeah, 14 might just seal it for sure. But the 14 spot is like the sweet spot.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Last question is from Fred Rung. Who is this team? Honestly, I don't think we know who or what they are yet, and it's conference time now. I'll hang up and listen. You might be right, honestly. (laughs) I mean, uh, we touched upon it a little bit throughout the non-question part of the show, but this team is definitely still developing and we're seeing now that They want to launch threes more so than they did for the first couple of months. So it looks like Jay's still tinkering around here. I don't think we definitely haven't seen what they are yet in terms of potential and what they can be. I think it does get better. The product is strange because just when you thought that they were looking real good, they got humbled by Marquette. It's tough. It's tough, Fred. I wish anyone out there had a good answer for you, but I don't think we're going to know yet for at least a couple more weeks. Too early in conference play. I will stick by saying that this team is still
1: headed for a good direction, I would say. This team has potential, rooms of potential to grow, and it'll only get better. I have to believe that, and that's what you got to do. I mean, look, I I don't know what this team is either. like we were, we were talking about before and you just mentioned, like against Xavier, they look really freaking good and, and they beat number one Kansas. And then they go to Marquette in the first half and they didn't even look like a, a formidable basketball team, let alone a top 10 one. So look, I, I think they're still trying to find themselves. They're young. It's just it's just the nature of the beast right now and we'll figure it out. And if, if, we still, if we're still asking this question in March and late February, it's a problem. But right yeah, now- Yeah, it's a
0: bad sign if
1: we're asking that then. Real bad sign. But right now, I think it's a fair question. But I think you just got to let it develop. And and if we're searching for answers now, I don't think we'll find them.
0: Yeah, if there's anyone out there who does have an answer, please let us know. Yeah, please. Because I I would like to know as well what this team is at this current level. I think Jay Jay Wright would like to know too. Well, well, (laughs) I hope not. I hope he has (laughs) an answer.
1: Whoops.
0: Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for listening to the State of the Nova Nation. If you haven't already, please subscribe to View Hoops on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, Megaphone. You got many, many options. I'm pretty sure there are a couple more platforms out there that I'm missing. Look for State of the Nova Nation or View Hoops, and you should be able to find it on there. Tell a friend, tell a friend. Please write us five-star, 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 five-star. It helps keep the mothership happy, and if the mothership's happy, that's always a good thing. If you haven't already, please follow VU Hoops on social media. You can do so at VU Hoops. That's good for Twitter and Instagram. Please make sure to check back on the site often, every day, all day. We're going to have a nice game thread tonight, so please join the chat, join the party in the comments section. Please follow me, Eugene Ruppet, at erepay 5 Chris, what are we plugging today?
1: What are we plugging today? I don't know. I'm going to start finding creative Twitter accounts to plug, but I got nothing for right now. Follow Eugene, follow the pod, follow VU Hoops.
0: And we have ad space for Chris's plug. Now that Chris no longer has social media,
1: you know, we could set up a. I could give out my Venmo. Remember, Venmo gives me the most money. You oh, you should, yeah, like, There you go. Yeah, it's, there you go. That's not extortion or legal. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh. It yeah, I'm sure that'll go over real well with the uh,
0: NCAA. Yeah, Uncle NCAA. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
1: I just start plugging uh, JRE's Twitter account, and after I say this, and, <laughs> well, there goes their five-star recruit. <laughs> <laughs> Nova
0: Nation, have a good Tuesday. Let's get this dub tonight. We'll be back at it on Thursday.